Hey everyone, um, welcome back to another episode. I do have a special episode here today um, with a couple filmmakers, um, Matthew and Barnaby O'Connor, um, and they made a documentary film that you might have seen already um, or at least heard about. Um, it's called The Pickup Game. Um, and I ended up watching it on Stars personally. Um, but yeah, I brought them on here to, to, to talk about um, their film and how it could be even relatable to a lot of you guys as our listeners um, as something you might want to tune into and uh, be aware of. Um, how are you guys? Good, good. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having us on. And um, hello to uh, all the listeners. Yeah, I, I, I guess uh, first off, I would just kind of like to go over like a brief history of, of you guys and where where you got into the film industry. Um, what else have you done, um, you know, to kind of bring us up to speed on on your current movie? Sure. I don't know if uh, if Matthew wants to start about our, our humble origins, um, but I'll, I'll jump straight in there. Um, I can't really remember exactly when it was. Um, it must have been early 2000s. Um, we head out to uh, we headed out to Tottenham Court Road in London and we purchased our first ever kind of mini DV camcorder and sat in an apartment with aspirations of becoming movie moguls. Um, we kind of progressed in, uh, in a sort of a self-taught sort of manner, learning as we went, buying books, um, trial and error, taking the camera out and, and shooting and, and sort of um, plotting out scenes and stories. Uh, we made a couple of independent feature films um, that never really saw the light of day. Um, learning, I think we went to a... Uh, a course for underprivileged 18 year olds um, <laughs> in central London um, when we were about 20, 24, I think, uh, just yeah. because they hadn't got enough signups. They were pretty much saying, okay, anyone could come and join our, you know, three month movie course uh, for free. Uh, and that's kind of where we did our first ever kind of educating lessons in, in film work. Uh, and then we kind of moved on to an independent film that had a behind the scenes documentary. And that pretty much sparked, um, should we say our documentary film career? Yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> I actually <laughs> totally on the same thing, but listening to you say mini DV, you know, that just like sparked something in my head. <laughs> I, I used to, I used to uh, play in bands and I did a lot of music videos and that's pretty much what I did was like with my own band would experiment with a mini DV and I remember there wasn't a lot of effects at that time and I would shake the camera. So instead of actually like, just using, like you know, I'm sitting there just breaking my mini DV, shaking it yeah. ended up back in, back in the days of standard definition. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we had, I mean, I don't know how many cassettes for, you know, a shoot, but we had to, you know, put the tape in and you record the tape and you have to edit that bit. And it was very time consuming. Not, oh my not God. Like the technology of today. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we made uh, I mean, no sorry, i just i remember I, I, just, I remember finishing a film and we had a uh, like a flight case with all the tapes in it and uh, barnaby had it and he wouldn't he wouldn't let it out of his sight <laughs> because yeah. it was, it was kind of eight or nine weeks um, yeah, it was eight or nine weeks of filming and he's like i'm not letting this out of my sight yeah seriously take this every yeah <laughs> i think i think most of the new smartphones nowadays had you know, I don't know, five times better image capturing and sound mm. capturing quality than the cameras we used back in the day. But, you know, power to the Canon XL2, which is the, <laughs> the camera of choice. I mean, yeah, that was, that was a solid a one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that was that was definitely a solid one. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I guess what was your before the pickup game, your most recent um, documentary, really, was, if you will, was was California high right yeah yeah that's right and then um how long was it after that one before you you started on this project were you kind of already in the works on this project so california we started working on this as we were finishing california high we had a few things kind of on the go of which the pickup game was one of them 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think as as kind of California High was being wrapped up, we we started on the pickup game. I mean, essentially our progression, if it's if it's of any interest, was making stuff on mini DV cameras that was in the nicest possible way, really amateur, but yeah. full of heart. And, in the sun, um, that's the thing. Yeah, there's there's always a lot of heart and passion in that, especially yeah. when you're not making a lot of money off of it. It's got to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and the thing is, and those were those were great experiences. I mean, we we yeah. we we loved the process and we loved making those films, but we they just didn't go anywhere. You know, we couldn't get distribution for them. Um, but what also happened is is that was kind of our film school. Um, I think it was quite a long way of learning how to make films because instead of most people make kind of a short film and it's five or six minutes and and that's a bit more manageable and then they get feedback from that and they take lessons from that into the next film. Right. Whereas we were making, you know, 90 minute features which took two years <laughs> and then and then and then you finish that and then nobody wants to buy it and then you sort of take a step back and you think okay well well how could we improve this but yeah. we did we did gradually get better yeah you just went when yeah it's it was just the sort of and then when, when we made california high um that was the first film that we made that sort of got a little bit of attention um it sold to viceland uh, it, it was in some kind of um, some you know, decent festivals and we got invited to go over and we got invited to screenings and it was in the iTunes kind of top 10. It was number five for a period of time, like top 10 documentary charts. Okay. So although it didn't make a huge amount of money, but it, it gave us a tiny bit of credibility. And then off the back of that is, is really where we managed to get the funding and kind of secure uh that 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 kind of the 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 pickup game as a documentary built on the success of california high right yeah and so i think one thing to add is that as we were learning and learning the craft and doing more sort of independent films music videos documentaries is that essentially it was two people working on a project so writing directing editing shooting lighting scripting you know, sound, sound, audio correction, um, color correction. So with California High, that was essentially, you know, a two-man band that put that documentary together. There was no external funding um, help um, pretty much in order to get that out. And I think when we moved, well, after California High and the kind of the success that that had, we then were able to move to the next kind of, should we say, level um, which is where you get a little bit of funding, you work with some more people because you have a little bit more money to pay for additional camera crew, for lighting, for you know decent color correction and, and so on and so forth. So it's that progression through, um, should we say, being a garage band to being a much more streamlined um, outfit. Professional, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I... I I, I, I don't I don't know if this is interesting, so kind of feel free to edit this out. But um, when no, I find it Cal- all interesting personally, but <laughs> I mean, it's, it's you know, it's it, but, uh, it, when we finished California High and we sold it to uh, it was our first television sale that we'd ever had. And like Barnaby said, California High was done completely off our own accord. There was no professional post-production house. And in order to be broadcast, there's always technical quality checks that you need to pass that I think, to be honest, most people will never notice. But it's just part of if you want to be on, on TV, you've, you've got to you've got to pass the, the quality control. And that process, because we'd all done it ourselves and it was kind of shoestring. And oh my God, the stress of getting it through that. I mean, we got we got like reams and reams of, of pages of stuff of like this needs to be fixed. This needs to be fixed. The audio's off. The video's off. There's a, the, um it was incredible but it was also a good learning experience to understand okay for the next one these are the kind of things we need to keep in mind mm. at the beginning starting out in terms of not not to encounter these because we'd done it on you know sometimes whatever camera we could whatever audio recorder we could um yeah so i i, I don't know if that's uh, kind of but I, I it's just what i thought it was worth mentioning yeah well. no absolutely i think as well the more people that you end up working with um and should we say the less responsibility that you take on in terms of an entire project is that 
what we've kind of done over the years is have an understanding of each of the different departments and each of the different um, disciplines that it takes to put together um, a program. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it's a, a very good learning curve to have a good understanding of what in, as an entirety goes into making a project or documentary feature film and how that kind of affects storytelling, um, you know, editing, pace, structure, yeah. um, all of those kind of things is quite, it's quite important. And to kind of maybe start moving into the, the, the current documentary is that it's a very difficult tale to tell. And we wanted to, you know, a very particular approach from our side as to how do we handle such a difficult topic. Um, and I think kind of with the team that we worked with and ourselves, I think we've kind of grown quite a bit in terms of that sort of narrative storytelling and how do you actually put something together that is rather complex with many different moving parts. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, go ahead. Sorry. I think one of the things also that happened is in the beginning, um, in the beginning, everything you make, you think is, is I mean, we made our first movie. We didn't even know how amateur it was. It's, it's really hard to explain, but you just, you're just not aware of what you're doing wrong. Right. And then you become aware. And then there's this whole long process of kind of, I think for us, certainly for myself, of, of technically, can we get it right? Is it in, is it, framed nicely is it in focus is the audio okay um you have and, to analyze uh, micro analyze everything <laughs> i'm sure yeah. and, then, and that and that kind of takes away a little bit when you're doing it yourself when you don't have like a camera person or a sound mm -hmm. recordist or whatever that kind of takes your focus away a little bit from okay what are we actually talking about in this interview or what's the story or what are we trying to capture and i think as as we got more proficient at the technical side of things that that almost allowed us to that became much more second nature. Right. And, then, and then it allowed us to sort of, gave us that a bit of space to, to, to start thinking about things like, okay, what's the story? What are we trying to capture here? To, um, really, to really set it up and, and, and create that perfect timeline of, of how you need to <laughs> go about the documentary and everything else. You, you were able to hyper-focus on that. Um, I'm really curious. Well, I mean, I guess maybe I shouldn't ask this question yet. Um, I guess as far as, I don't know if you want to give a brief overview of, of your current documentary um, to the audience, just to, so that they have an idea if they haven't heard of it or seen it um, for what you wanted to capture and, and what it's even about really, you know. Okay. All right. So in, in, in the most simple terms, it is a documentary about the pickup industry and the pickup subculture. Uh, for people that don't know, the pickup industry is uh, a group of guys and they travel the world and they teach, it's men that teach other men a system that they claim guarantees success with women. And it's a very big uh, underground subculture. It's, um, they, they run seminars and they run uh, teaching, teaching boot camps, they call them, in pretty much every major city in the world. It is a multi million dollar industry uh, some of these companies make tens of millions of dollars um, and the documentary is an investigation into that uh, world essentially yeah the people in it the teachers the students the the women that um, get involved or the, the, that are sort of targeted by these people and it's it's supposed to be an investigation and an expose into the that whole subculture and industry just it, it's it's <laughs> It shouldn't be mind-boggling, but it's still mind-boggling when you think about tens of millions of dollars. Like when you think about it, yeah, there's a lot of lonely guys out there. There's a lot of, you know, especially once you start to see how it works. But uh, me personally, I've I've been always very intrigued by and fascinated with um, cults and how people get involved in cults. And I feel like as I'm watching this, I see so many similarities in mm. in the tactics and the techniques. Um, that some of these, you know, people employ to kind of, you know, wrangle in their, their flock pretty much. <laughs> and it, it seemed very cult-esque in a way, which that part did kind of, kind of shock me. But at the same time, it was almost like, I'm your guru. I'm your, you know, uh, motivational speaker, kind of life coach type 
um, you know, vibe to it at the same time, which, uh, you know, there, there have been cults that have kind of gone on, on that direction with the gurus and the life coaches that, you know, then people are dead in a sweat lodge in Arizona, you know, it, it, it's, but it, I know it's not that far, but, um, yeah, I was, I was definitely shocked to see how much, you know, money is, is pumped into this industry and how it's been so underground for so long, um, and how it's affecting our culture you know, if this many, if this many men are, are getting this message and em, employing these tactics, how that's bleeding into our, our standard culture that we haven't even been aware of for who knows how many years. That's, those are some of the thoughts that I was having as I, as I was watching it, you know, mm-hmm. um, I might, I guess at this point, my question is, how did you find out about this? And how did you start making contacts with people that were in it? Was there, was there somebody specifically that you remember the moment when you said, oh my God, this would be an amazing fucking documentary. <laughs> like, you know, where was that? Where was that point? You know? Can I answer this? Um, or, yeah. Um, I think there was a combination of things. First of all, there was The Game by Neil Strauss, which was a book that was written about the pickup. Uh, in some ways, the sort of the, the founders of the pickup subculture and the pickup industry when they were all living together in Los Angeles in a, in um, just off the Holly, the, the strip. And um, it, it was called, I think it was called Project Hollywood. Um, and the game was an, a New York Times bestseller. It, it sold 3 million copies. And that came out in mid 2000s, I think 2005, 2006. And it was a book that kind of everybody was talking about. Um, everybody was, you know, it was all the daytime shows were discussing it. Neil Strauss himself was on Jimmy Kimmel and, and The View. And so it was really a talking point. So that, that is kind of what originally piqued our interest. And then, um, so you, you've been piqued interest wise for a while on this subject. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the thing is pickup is one of the, the pickup industry is one of those things that once you find out about it, it, it is a bit of a rabbit hole. Yeah, kind of, you kind of it's 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 like like in like lots of things actually these days you can just end up falling down the rabbit hole. But go on, buddy. No, 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 no. I was going to add a point after you finished. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Okay. The rabbit hole. Um, and then what happened was we were filming a music video and we met um, a, a a girl there who was she was a conversation coach for one of the pickup companies she worked mm-hmm. for a pickup company she was a conversation coach so basically what happens is uh the students go to these kind of daytime seminars where they learn how to start a conversation how to keep a conversation going conversation tactics and then they would practice on her and she would give them feedback and so she was telling us the story but oh I, I i think we were discussing the game and she said oh you know i've got an interesting story about that i used to i i used to work for this pickup company and I used to be one of their kind of conversation coaches. And, and she was one of the first people that we actually interviewed. And then off the back of that, we sent, we started sending out emails to people um, saying, you know, can we come and talk to you about this? And we didn't really, at that point, we weren't really sure where the documentary was gonna go or- How it was gonna end. How it was, yeah, it was more, but one of the things that happened very early on was, um, kind of by fluke is we we interviewed a guy called ross jeffries who is um known as he's he's called sort of the godfather of pickup he is credited as the guy that sort of started the whole um the whole pickup industry and he wrote a book back in the 1980s um and we managed to get an interview with an interview with him quite early on and then as a result of that when we went to other people to ask them if we could interview them or follow them around we, when we said, "Oh, we've we've interviewed Ross Jeffries," that that sort of opened the door for for other contributors and other people to to be interviewed. Yeah, yeah, I feel like if if you interview someone like that, and then it's like, "Oh, hey, we interviewed Ross Jeffries," they're like, "Oh, sweet, yeah, come on over," you know. <laughs> At that point, I mean, it was it was a rather tricky uh, interview to um, to actually carry out, and it took a couple of talk, you know, a couple of meetings pre the interview to actually coax him into um you know sitting down and talking to us because mm. he, he was actually coming to london for his last ever pickup seminar 
um, which was when we interviewed him. Um, oh, wow. And yeah, and effectively he was going to, to retire from, from the pickup world at that point. Oh. Um, and so it was very good to, shall we say, catch him at a point where he was still engaged in the industry um, mm. and still quite a big kind of figure. Um, I mean, the, the pickup industry does hold several worldwide expo seminars where all of the instructors and companies meet to discuss kind of, you know, um, how they've done, the, you know, the previous year and what their plans are for the future. So even, even the ones that don't seem to, that are in competition with each other, all meet up together anyway. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, there is quite a lot of, should we say, ancestral um, crossover within, within that kind of in, uh, industry. Yeah. Um, what, one thing that I, I kind of wanted to, to add just quickly, kind of going back to, you know, how we found out about the pickup industry and, you know, that process to actually making the documentary. I think the thing is, if you talk to anyone, um, you say, have you seen the movie Hitch? Or have you seen How I Met Your, your, your Mother? And there's the Barney character. I think post the sort of um, the Neil Strauss book, The Game, and also, should we say, Mystery, who was a character from that particular story. He got his own show on VH1. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the sort of parts of the pickup industry have kind of spilled over into mainstream culture. Um, you know, things like you know, Meg or the wingman and all this kind of stuff. There is a lot of that sort of lexicon or language from the pickup industry that has um, become sort of quite mainstream, but it shows a very light hearted side to dating and interactions between men and women. And I think the thing is, is that the, the more that we got into the industry, the more we saw a slightly different side to it and that kind of helped um, us structure um, that sort of story narrative the more that we looked into it and the more different um, facets of the industry that we actually saw um, and so it was kind of like okay the the majority of people might have one particular opinion or thought or view on what kind of pick up and um, you know seducing um, women is and it's a very light-hearted look but it does as Matt say there is a rabbit hole that you can kind of go down um, and as you mentioned um, Bill earlier on it's kind of quite a cultish um, kind of experience so the more you look into that the the more of the story um, there is to um, to see. Yeah, you guys, I got to commend you. You guys went right into the belly of the beast with a lot of those guys. Like, I don't know if I could have held my tongue <laughs> with, with some of the things that are said and some of the things that are done. It's just, <clears throat> I know you have to be, you know, independent because you're trying to kind of, you know, set it up in a certain way, you know, for the movie. But yeah, I mean, it, it, I think for me, just going through my own experiences, even though, you know, from a, from a male's perspective, having somebody that a lot of these techniques that were displayed to me seemed like it's almost like they're training people to how to how to have manipulative personality disorders i mean a lot yeah. of the you know I don't, I don't know um how how much you've you personally have either um kind of dove into like the checklist of narcissism i know that's a hot topic um hot word right now and everyone seems to throw it out there like it's, you know, just because you yeah. like the way your hair looks, you're a narcissist or something, you know what I mean? Which, which clearly goes way deeper than that. And part of me is happy that it's becoming more, um, you know, recognized as a, as a mental disorder. But part of me um, is kind of, you know, frustrated because then everyone's like, oh, everyone's a narcissist. Everyone's a narcissist, you know. Um, but the, yeah, some of the things on there, I mean, just the, the, the process of, of you know the the praising the woman you know that they the you know when you got to draw them in but you're also devaluing them depending on the situation by you know speaking to the other people around her you know these these different tactics you know, there's a devaluation process there's a gaslighting process there's a you know just a rejecting process at the end of it um so um yeah i i i guess i, I lost my train of thought there um well I, you, when you when you kind of asked Matt, um, you know, to describe the documentary, I think in, uh, we had a previous um, 
podcast interview, um, and I think I used the word manipulation. If you could use one word to sum up the documentary, it would be that. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, the men manipulating men, or whether it's men manipulating women, um, there, there is so much kind of, should we say, psychological um, damage that's being done um, in this particular uh, industry that this is really one of the big messages, you know, that we're trying to get out there, which is, okay, you need to look at your behavior. You need to look at what you're being told is, um, you know, appropriate. And you actually need to question that sometimes. And I think the thing is, is that, especially within um, a manipulative environment, if everyone is saying that this is okay, and as an example, no doesn't mean no, it's just not right now. Um, that can lead to all manner of, um, of dangers and problems, um, whoever that's being um, directed at. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you're right with, you know, different characters portrayed also, like going back to that um, and, and movies and shows and they present it as a certain thing. And then, you know, you get into this like seedy underbelly where it can get really dark. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that's, that's an even larger topic that just kind of opened up so many thoughts in my head as I was watching the documentary about like, oh my gosh, like, you know, this goes deeper than I, than I thought. And, and part of my mind is like, well, no wonder girls feel a certain way about men nowadays. No wonder this, no wonder that, you know, like, it's just, you know, you start to have these things and go ahead. I I think the thing is, it, it's playing on insecurities on people's oh, insecurities yeah. about themselves, um, what they feel that society expects from them or, you know, what society considers to be successful or brave or, um, you know, beautiful. Um, it, it, that is, that is uh, a very interesting part of the documentary. And I think kind of looking into, I know that we didn't go into as much detail um, in neurolinguistic programming as we wanted to, just because of the, the length of time of the documentary. But I think it's that kind of psychological side of things, how, um, you know, marketing plans are devised, how behavior is categorized, um, you know, everything is, is, is kind of well thought out using lots of different um, psychological tactics that are actually supposed to be used to uh, to heal people and they're kind of used in, in a slightly more maniacal um, way if be that trying to extort money out of an individual or um, you know um, your desires from from a female yeah yeah i think go, go, go just to expand on what you were saying earlier about narcissism narcissism i mean it's a very like you say it's quite an overused word these days, you know, and, and it's sort of thrown. But, um, you know, having studied and read a lot about narcissism and kind of narcissistic behavior, there are definitely people in the documentary who are clinics, who would clinically be described as narcissists. Yeah. In yeah, the sense I, that, I don't want to yeah. diagnose anyone because I'm not one, but it's just like, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> I can point out every single yeah. person, you know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, on, on balance, okay, like, yeah, okay, good. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a registered psychiatrist, but on balance, if I, if I had to, if I had to bet money on it, um, yeah. I mean, in, especially in the sense of kind of, they've created uh, a version of events, a narrative for themselves um that that kind of protects their ego feeds their ego uh doesn't hold them accountable for uh, their their misbehavior right um, and i think and i think also there's kind of there's degrees this is a sort of slightly interesting thing is is that there's lot we all tell ourselves lies to some degree you know we all have our own kind of Everybody narrative yeah. yeah yeah but i but i think it's a question of degree and 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 I, I think you really see with some of the pickup instructors is, is there's there's a total lack of empathy and mm-hmm. there's a total lack of consideration for what's happening with the other person and then a massive sense of entitlement. Yeah. Um, and a very very they, tender ego, I'm sure. You know, which like you said, yeah. protecting their protecting their ego. You know, yeah. go ahead. Sorry. And, and, and also, I think I think there's there's that kind of manifests itself in slightly different ways. You know, there's people that. They're just as instructors are just, and they, they genuinely think they're helping people. This is one of the reasons why I think Minnie Lane, who's the, the, the female coach in the documentary is so important, is 
is it's kind of, you know, some of these instructors, they're not even aware of the impact of their behavior. They're not even aware that, that this is kind of questionable or self-defeating like in the, in the, in the long run. Um, so I, to, to sort of try and tie it back to the, to the narcissism thing, I, I, I think like, although we can't clinically diagnose anybody, I think there's a lot, you do see a lot of those kind of traits in the, in the people that are involved in this. Yeah, and I think the thing that was shocking is they're the coaches. They're the ones that are training all these other people. So you're basically, you know, they're basically training mini narcissists, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I don't think it's the thing, Sorry. But, but narcissists can be very persuasive and engaging. And I mean, there's a reason these cult leaders uh, and, and these pickup instructors have such a big following. You know, they, yeah. they, they can tap into a sort of need or an insecurity in people. And and they can they can they can really capitalize on that. Yeah. Um, and that's I mean the, the the power that some of these instructors have over their followers is like is remarkable. It's, yeah. I mean they will literally take their worldview from them uh, unquestioningly. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think I think a lot of those people are called uh, I don't I don't love the term but it, it it's you know flying monkeys those that will do the the bidding of the narcissist you know kind of like the wicked witch and the the monkeys that you know the the ones that will unquestionable will you know will will do whatever to to appease the you know narcissist and stay in good graces and defend them even if they know it's wrong you know that's that's the the craziest part to me you know mm-hmm. go ahead I, I've kind of, I kind of sort of lost, lost the my lost trail the of thought. <laughs> well, I, it's a bit of a tricky one because I think I'm not, I'm not quite sure because I can't remember a hundred percent whether or not we, we definitively class um, the pickup industry as a cult um, in the documentary. I don't think that we do. Um, what we do is we shine a light on. Okay, these are the characteristics of a cult which would be, you know, um, um, unquestioned um, loyalty to your leader, your own language, um, behavior control, information control, mm-hmm. thought control, um, and, you know, kind of emotional. And so if you were to analyze it as, um, as a, you know, um, in a more kind of educational um, thought, thought out way, you, you could probably classify um, this kind of behavior is very cultish or these groups of individuals is quite, um, quite cultish. The, the similarities are there hmm. no doubt no doubt yeah I, I think I think it's it's completely valid to, to make that point you know the way they the way they go about their business um, real quick we're going to take a quick break here and then um, once we come back from a word from our sponsors we will continue the rest of the episode and the interview. Um, We are speaking with Matthew and Barnaby O'Connor, documentary filmmakers of their newest film, which we were talking about today, which is The Pickup Game. We'll be back shortly. All right, we're back. Sorry about that, guys. All right. <laughs> Continue, Mr. Um, can Bear. I, yeah, can I, jump, can I jump straight in with my point? I, yeah. one, of, one, of, one of the things that we, that we tried very hard to do with the documentary is um, we didn't want to kind of name and shame um, anyone in particular. And I think the thing is, is that for example, including Minnie Lane and Paul Janka, um, who kind of was a, should we say, reformed um, pickup artist. I think the thing is, is that this particular industry preys on a very particular need. Um, the need to be accepted, the need to be loved, the need to find um, friendship, partners, belonging, um, whatever, however you want to kind of classify that. And I think the thing is, is that it's very important to mention in every, doc, in every interview that not all of these companies that offer dating service advice and help are, um, should we say nefarious? Right. There, there, there are, of course, you know, if we put on the balance, maybe 50-50, you need to be very careful who you look 
to to help you with whatever um, you know uh, issues that you may be having. I think that you know the rise of the internet and social media. Um, there is definitely an increase in fake gurus, um, people who are not um, you know uh, trained and educated in 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 a way to be able to offer help and support in some aspects of life. Um, and I think the thing is is that it is very important to say not everyone that works in this industry um, are out there to cause harm. And there are a lot of people out there that do actually help a lot of people in building confidence for themselves, in uh, being able to communicate with the opposite sex in a much better way than they could before. And it actually has a lot of um, positive outcomes. I think the thing is, is that when we looked at the industry, what we did see, especially on YouTube and social media, which I, I think a lot of these social media platforms have deplatformed a lot of these people. So that, yeah. that kind of um, good, kind of, <laughs> yeah, questionable content is not out there for the general public because right. um, I think that was a way that they were kind of reeling in a lot of potential um, students into the industry. Um, I think because of the fact that, um, you know, movements such as Me Too and Time's Up are, are much more kind of in the public eye, there are a lot more sort of questions as to what is appropriate behavior and what isn't. And, yeah. and I think the thing is, it's very important for us to get out to the public as well. Not all of these companies are, um, are bad for your health essentially uh, right I, I i think we just need to clarify that i mean I, I think when we're talking about these companies i think we mean companies in the in the dating mm -hmm. space we're not really talking about i think there's a difference between a dating coach and a pickup coach in my in, in my mind anyway but when they're advertised as the same uh, that, that therein lies yeah that, uh, it, it, um, yeah. yeah but it's not i mean i don't i don't I don't think we're saying, you know, some pickup companies are good. Pickup, as I understand it, even the companies that think they're doing good, you know, and that kind of justify it to themselves, I think there's there's still all kinds of risks and and issues in, in what they're teaching and the kind of attitude they're, they're sort of sending out there. And we're not saying, though, uh, you know, that wanting to understand how to be more confident is, is necessarily a bad thing in the same way that, you know, the documentary is not really making a, a moral judgment either on casual sex or casual relationships. Um, I think some of the, some of the pickup students have kind of feel that or feel like we're attacking this idea of, well, why can't we have casual sex? You know, what, it, it's not supposed to be a moral judgment in any way. It's it's just trying to explain. Look, these are the these are some potential. It's it's a cautionary tale in many mm -hmm. ways. Yeah, about what getting involved in something like this can be like. Yeah, and I think I think you've done a really good job at capturing the industry. Um, I mean, I I know I have heard. You know, I mean, you might want to talk about this too. But I know that there there were some critics that you are aware of that were saying that why would you give these people a voice? Why would you give these people a a, a pedestal, a podium to to preach on? Um, but I think, you know, to anybody that, that has a head on their shoulders that can kind of see what's going on, um, in my mind, um, as I continue to, to kind of digest it, cause I will admit when I first, the first 10 minutes, 15 minutes, even 30 minutes in, I'm like, whoa, wow. Like these guys are just like, it, it, it was kind of like, when's it going to turn, you know, when's, when, <laughs> when are we going to get to other, you know, but I think it was set up like that on purpose. And once I finish the whole thing so that's something for the listeners is finish the whole thing um yes. <laughs> get to the end yeah i mean it's 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 a risk to make a film in that way yeah um but that was the choice that we made and the reason that we did it like that is i think it's more impactful to, to oh, definitely to it brought out emotion in me <laughs> you know <laughs> and, that, and that that's good that's what you're supposed to yeah. get out of your audience you know well I mean, I, I kind of liken it to a to a snowball and how you get from a snowball to an avalanche yeah. that destroys everything. And it is that kind of it starts or you know, the, the river, the sea starts with one single raindrop and then you build on that. So kind of looking back to the origins of where it started and how it kind of became this booming industry 
that is kind of hiding in plain sight. Yeah. And, you know, then after that, there is all the kind of um, the destruction that it leaves in its path. Um, it, it, it's quite, um, or the reason for making it in, in the kind of the current way that we did was that we needed to tell the backstory first before mm -hmm. we get into just how out of control it has, um, it has become. Yeah, you can't just jump right into this, is, you know, and then jumping from one place to, I, I think the way that it was done once I made it through the whole thing, I got it, you know. Can, <laughs> but... can we can we swear on this podcast? Of course. I mean, we've had a few we've had a few people watch it and say something to the effect of, you know, in the first 40 minutes, 30, 40 minutes. <clears throat> my only thought was, where the fuck is this going? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I would I would kind of put that agree with that. There was a point where I, I kind of knew, you know, as I was watching it, I'm like, I know where this is going. Like, cause I, I had, I don't know. I just, I felt like it was going to turn, like the tide was going to turn, but it, it didn't turn as quick as I thought it would. So about 30 to 40 minutes in, I kind of had the same thought, like, okay, where the fuck is this going? Like, where, 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 where are we going here? Like, are we just gonna, you know, continue to talk about the, like, let these, you know, assholes continue to you know talk about all you know that that was those are the thoughts in my head i i'm not trying to offend <laughs> i hope i'm not but then once i got to the end it's like oh yeah here we here we go like this is this is the meat and potatoes in my opinion like the the the, the last you know the wrap-up portion of it is just like yeah this is that avalanche like you said was just that was that was the booming part of it towards like oh wow you know um and the damage you know anyway continue i'm sorry <laughs> no I, I i mean i i'm you know by all means please talk about your reactions to it i think it is it it does provoke it's a film that does provoke reactions in people yeah and i think that is important to note for a lot of the listeners um if they do choose to watch it to you know uh, prepare to prepare to be a little triggered but you know make it to the end um i think i think for me it was there, there was just so many points to where you know a lot of my podcasts just go over personality um like the personality disorders of of um you know narcissism and the abuse and the tactics and the techniques like i mean i have one episode just about gaslighting you know um it, it's just that's i really dive deep into that so it's like you know it doesn't just apply to the relationship i'm in i can see it a lot of times, even if you're not a full-blown narcissist, you can still tell when somebody's gaslighting you now. I can still tell when someone's projecting, when someone's truth twisting, when someone's doing these things to me, because um, all of us have a healthy amount of narcissism. We all do. Um, it's just a matter of where, where you draw the line and, and can decipher, you know, and, and have empathy. And, you know, the, the, a lot of these guys just lack it completely, just the way that, they're, that they go about it. It is, it is very triggering. Um, and I think especially for a lot of our female listeners, if they're to watch it, um, to, to, um, you know, just expect it, <laughs> but at the same time, it's not bad to see because it's just more education of what to be aware of. These are the red flags and, and the way it's presented and the way the industry does it is just, it's a fast forwarded version of what to expect when dealing with a narcissist in the real world. A lot of times the, the way they just kind of reel you in, put you on a pedestal, devalue you, push you out afterwards. You know, it's just like, boom, 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 to where it might take a month or two or three or four, or six years before, you know, and, and if they end up getting hooked into a relationship. But um, at the same time, I think educating yourself and learning and then going and watching a documentary like this, where you can, you can literally see some of these personalities disorders displayed in, in real life, real time in front of you with, with just the way you filmed it and the way they talked about things. Um, I think it can be really useful for a lot of our listeners personally. Mm. Um, I went on a tangent there. I'm sorry. I mean, we had, we had a couple of, Sorry, go on. No, no, go on, buddy. Go on. Go on. No, we had a couple. Of... Well, I remember, you know, so we we had the world premiere at Hot Docs, which is a big uh, festival in Toronto. Mm -hmm. And I think there was always a kind of, it, it's made that way. It's a slow burn. The film is a slow burn. It's made that way because uh, in some ways we're trying to appeal to the guys that want to get involved in this and we're trying to say look this is the dangers of this lifestyle 
because if you can do yeah. that and you can highlight that then 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 if if they don't go into it then there's no one kind of perpetrating the lifestyle but as part of that you need to try and explain to people look i understand the need i understand the frustration i understand that dating is difficult and that's what that first part of it is trying to set up it's like in 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 some ways as much as as people don't like to admit it you know there is something appealing about well you know what if there was a system what if there was a way of 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 uh, kind of foolproof ways it's, you know that, that there is some appeal to that so, oh, so there's kind absolutely of slow burn. appeal to that absolutely yeah, yeah. Um, and the, the the slow burn intro is is kind of saying okay look this is this is the marketing this is how they get you in this is the hook this is the teasing um but it 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 needs, like you say, it needs a little bit of patience to get through, and 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 it's that's quite a risk from a from a sort of creative point of view to do it in that way. And I remember, um, I mean, we had a we had a couple of maybe I shouldn't say this, but we had a couple of walkouts in our in our world premiere yeah. in the first sort of ten or fifteen minutes, and I was just thinking, oh shit, we've we've misjudged it, we've misjudged the the, but now having had some kind of dis and and like you say, some people have have, have sort of criticize it as not being critical enough i i don't personally agree with that i think it is i think it is very critical i mean on the one hand we have people saying it's not critical enough on the other hand we have people from the pickup industry trolling us and uh, have massive backlash from them so it's oh, you kind of kind of get it from both sides <laughs> of course you are yeah you, you made a very polarizing piece you know yeah. i mean of, of yeah. course you're going to get it from both sides absolutely i mean how, how do you do it right i mean you you walked into the seedy underbelly of this industry, you gain their trust enough for them to invite you to do all these things. And then I'm sure that they feel some sort of betrayal, but realistically, you, you in, in my mind, you did leave it open for interpretation. And in my mind, if, if they look bad, that's kind of on them <laughs> for, for, for looking bad. And in, in my well, opinion, you know, I mean, those, those are your personality traits. These are the things you do, you know, and, and and I'm sure there's a lot that hits the cutting room floor, you know, but at the same time, you know, I, I don't think you made them look bad. If anything, they, they made themselves fucking look bad. If, if that's the backlash you're receiving from them, you know, but. Well, I, I remember having conversations with, with some of the instructors and saying, you know, if I put, you do realize if I put this in, people are going to go crazy. Like it was going to be a really bad, and I because I just I wanted to say, look, I need you to understand because what mm. I don't want is, is in you know when the film comes out, say, so, oh well, you know he screwed us over or whatever. Right. And some of them don't care. I mean, this is this is the narrative that they have in their own head of there I don't a have to conform. Large inflated ego and yeah, I yeah, I don't well, have to conform to the rules. I do what I want. I'm the alpha male. You know. Yep. I, I think this kind of segues quite quite well into a point that I wanted to make and what I would consider quite a big part of the documentary is the behind the scenes of the business mm -hmm. you know it's like one of the very lucky things that that we had access to was um, to people that actually worked in the industry people that marketed um, and were responsible for shall we say getting um, the hits and the sign-ups to all of the uh, free boot camps is when you look at the inner workings of the company, it's quite clear to see um, how they actually sort of go about looking at their customers. And the customers are more a monetary value rather than an individual. And I think when, you, when any business turns into a financially incentive or incentivized business, that's where right. the problems start creeping in. And I think the thing is, is that when you look at some of the videos, I mean, in my personal opinion is that if anyone was to film me with somebody else without me knowing I would think that that was wrong it's awful it's like how how could you send out a, a student to go and talk to a girl and seduce her and take her home and sleep with her if it's all being filmed and then shown effectively in a classroom to other people to say okay well this is where he went wrong this is what this happened I mean all of that is is really questionable behavior um, and I think the thing is, looking at how the YouTube videos are set up, it looks like they're living this fabulous James Bond billionaire lifestyle. Mm. And, and the reality of that, it's, it's nowhere near that. Um, but that's what people are buying into from a student perspective. 
Yeah, um, because and it's all yeah, smoke it's, and mirrors. It's, it's money. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is smoke and mirrors. Yeah, and, it, it, <laughs> and I really, I really like that you captured that side of it too. Um, I thought that that was that was really important. But I mean, again, that also bleeds into you know some of these things with with you know it's just in in their culture in that industry that there's there's no empathy. You know, these people are dollar signs, and they can they're really good at mirroring empathy and mirroring like they care. Um, but when it really comes down to it, you got that flip side of that, you know, you, you filming them on the, on the other side of it. And it is, it is, it's, it's a way to make money. I mean, it's a business. I think, I think also, and this is kind of, I'm not sure how much this comes across, but I don't think, um, I don't think all the instructors start out that way. This is this is this is kind of the whole point of documentaries. It's it's a slippery slope. It's something that happens gradually, and then before you realize it, you've you've kind of become something. And I think a lot of the instructors, maybe maybe they genuinely believe they're helping people. Maybe they genuinely believe um, that that. But but over time, when you start when you start when someone's willing to pay you, you know, a thousand dollars or two thousand dollars for an afternoon of your time, um, that's quite difficult to. Uh, to to for that not to become a driving force and right. especially i think as they get better as they get better at doing presentations as they get better at, at, at speaking to people you know the money starts to flow i mean it's one of the guys uh paul jenkin he says it's it's a combination of you know kind of the the, the pursuit of 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 sex and money and adoration from your followers and it's intoxicating it's easy to get lost in that oh yeah um, yeah yeah. And the bigger your ego gets, I, I feel like there's, yeah, like you said, I mean, a lot of them didn't start out that way. And that's, that's the scary thing to me is I feel like a lot of these, you know, mentees basically, you know, are being mentored to, to continue these cycles of abuse that they're, they're indoctrinating them into. Um, and that's, that's the terrifying part for me. You can take a nice guy, you know, that, that has a lot of, you know, empathy he just doesn't have a lot of charm or something you know and then you're turning him into this just this this monster that he might not like at first but if he starts to see it successful he can start you know creating this secondary persona for himself um, and that might not last forever that might be a phase for him but he's still putting that out into the world and he's still you know there's other people watching he's probably talking to other people about it and then it just becomes like you know this embedded and it's been going on like you guys have you know shown <laughs> me through the the documentary how, how long it's been going on and how it's just been i mean who knows how much damage this industry has already done to you know the men of our society really um towards women and and you know it's 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 kind of it's it's, it's really opening eye-opening mind-blowing to a certain degree um yeah, I, I, uh, I, I think I'm, I think I'm done again with my rant. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, one, one kind of um, thought or, or comment on on the pickup industry is that I think post sort of the release of the documentary, and kind of off the back of the sort of going back to the Me Too and the Times Up. Um, uh, trying to think of the word now um movement off, yeah there we go there we go yeah. sorry about that off the the movement um is that a lot of these companies now are rebranding themselves from shall we say seduction pickup companies and they're focusing more on life coaching the women that you want um you know quite a few of them have gone into financial coaching so they can help you with the stock market and and building your business and kind of going back to this whole kind of fake gurus um issue oh yeah is that a lot of these people they're, they're not qualified um to 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 kind of teach these or, or offer these kind of courses um and and they're kind of should we say hiding that sort of pickup part and just packaging it as a larger product yeah. And I think, you know, especially with uh, going back to the NLP is how much of that is within our society at the moment through advertising, through politics. Um, and I think the thing is, is the more that people can educate themselves as to, uh, you know, those sort of tactics, 
um, that it would probably benefit them in the greater scheme of life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it t- might take years, you know, I mean, I feel like there's a whole div- country divided by these tactics right now. When the one I live in anyway, <laughs> you know, so, I mean, it's, it's on full scale, you know, for the world to see a lot of the, the tactics. So I, I don't, I don't know how, um, how this stuff can stay hidden anymore. You know, I mean, like yeah. you said, rebranding and rebranding and, and, and the, a lot of it is through smear campaigns and stuff like that. So they're going to, you know, I mean, if you haven't already, I wouldn't be shocked if there's a lot of smear campaigns over this from, you know, the followers of the, <laughs> the pickup industry for you yeah. guys, you know, and everything. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's, there's, there's always going to be some kind of twist or spin on it, but um, I think you guys did an amazing job. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's anything, I think that we did a really good job covering a lot of the things that I wanted to, to discuss with you guys. Um, is there things that you wanted to kind of, you know, discuss further, um, tie up in a bow here for, for everybody? <laughs> keep, keep watching past minute 30. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe 45, I'm not sure. Come clear, you know, <laughs> At I'm some point, it's target, worth it. You know. <laughs> I, think, I think the only thing I'd like to add is um, the documentary is also trying, it, it, I can't remember who, I think it was, um, we were talking to somebody about it recently and they said it was actually kind of uplifting because it, it made them, it's trying to make people understand and appreciate the value of honesty in relationships. Yeah. Um, and the truth is, in my opinion, honesty is quite attractive. It's also quite difficult, much harder than people think it is to be honest. So and to have, much more. Yeah. 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 But that is, that is kind of the, the, when you, when you spend a lot of time around people that, that are essentially playing a persona, you see, you see the the shortcomings of that for them as well as for everybody else but but for them it's like it's not really sustainable right um and i suppose we all do that to one extent or the other but but part of the message that i think that we're trying to get out of the documentaries is, is and this is many many times you know i'd meet students at conferences or on boot camps or whatever and they were great guys they had nothing in the sense that sorry i mean I understand the behavior is, is, you know, people find the behavior objectionable, but there, there wasn't anything kind of wrong with them in quotes. You know, they, they, they were, yeah. they had good jobs. They were, they were, they were good at conversation. They just had this belief that they were not enough as they were. So they had to reinvent this persona. And they, and I, I and I actually, I don't blame them at all. I don't blame them at all for that. You know, I think, I think that that makes total sense. And it, it makes sense that they would get kind of reeled into this, this world mm. by these, these gurus, basically. I'm sorry, continue. Yeah. No, 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 that, 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 that was it. There was many, many, many guys. And I just thought, you know, you, you don't need this. You just think yeah. you do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and I think that that kind of goes across the board. Um, I think many people, it just taking out many people have so much more, many people have a lot more going for them than they, than they think they do. Yeah. Um, but we're yeah. so conditioned and led to believe that you have to be X or Y or not, not just in dating and everything. Exactly. Um, but honesty, I mean, like you said, honesty goes so far. Like, I think that that's helped me through, you know, my, my, current relationship through my you know friendships my you know everything my 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 work you know i think part of the reason i got promoted was due to just being like just as honest as i could no matter how hard it was to say the words coming out of my mouth and i've seen some benefits and rewards from that um and because of that like you know that's i think you nailed it with with that and i and again they 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 do feel like they need to be more than this or more than that, but just be honest, you know, just be honest. <laughs> well, I, I, I personally, for me as well, looking at, you know, should we say the greater pickup industry uh, or the pickup industry as a whole is that kind of my view or kind of what I saw was that the more flock mentality um, that was applied to any mm-hmm. business of let's get, you know, a thousand people in, we will replicate our little robot of what we think works and the mentality and, and the kind of the alpha male behavior that, that we believe will change your, your life for the better is that that actually strips away a person's individuality. And 
on top of the kind of honesty, I think it's belief in yourself that mm. you are actually worthy um, right. of, of love, of affection, of success. You know, it's not going to happen every single day. You have to take the rough with the smooth, but you need at least a little bit of belief in yourself that, you know, you are, you're a good, you're a good person. And yeah. if you give out those vibes and if you are, you know, in terms of karma, good to the world, the world will eventually return that for you. Yeah. And, and, and go ahead. Yeah. And, and, it, and it's just, you know, um, kind of looking into that individuality of, of people is that the more you strip that away, the more desensitized that you get to emotion and, and you know, um, move it back to the to the honesty section the less you become yourself and the more problems tend to occur for you and for everyone that you're that comes within within your kind of um, your area um, yeah 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 and then that mob mentality they're 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 your support system after that that <laughs> group of people that's just gonna say fuck it bro let's get back on the horse you know and yeah. then it, oh it's, that that seems just like such a painfully you know depressing cycle to me <laughs> you know but yeah it, it, that's all you need it's just you know there's there's a few things I, I think if a lot of these guys would just seek out actual mental help through therapy or something like that to maybe even just boost their confidence a little bit throw some honesty well, this, in there boost your confidence and <laughs> and you're good well this is a lot many who's one of the, the kind of she's kind of the moral voice of the documentary one thing she says is that it's it's not fixing the underlying issue right like pick the learning these pickup techniques and becoming this pickup person it doesn't actually fix it's not really addressing what you need to address and that's what that's actually what needs to be looked at and fixed um yeah and she was great yeah I, i really i really liked her perspective on things um yeah but she was she was absolutely right when when she was talking about that absolutely um yeah, I, I mean, I think I think uh, we're good. I think I'm good. I think okay. unless Thank unless you. there's anything, any other closing thoughts. But um, you guys are amazing. Um, what's next for you? <laughs> are you going to spin this into a larger, <laughs> um, <laughs> a larger version of this? You got you have anything? You know, I'm sure you've got 20 wheels turning at the same time for where you're going to go. I do want to ask you that. Yeah. We have, we have um, one of the nice, I mean, we've, because obviously we've been kind of plugging away at this for way too long. Yeah. But one of the things that, that's happened is we, we now, this, this has kind of got us, this has allowed us an opportunity to, um, speak to and and pitch ideas to kind of much bigger platforms and and so off 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 the back of the success of the documentary we 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 kind of we're in a position now where we have a few things on the go we have a couple of things that i've been more than happy to talk about after the fact i don't want to i'm a little bit superstitious so i don't want to talk about it before the fact i got you um (laughs) but there's things uh, there's things there's things going on yeah yeah yeah. and (laughs) and it's really cool it's really nice to 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 be kind of taken seriously. Not a bit we didn't take, but it's really nice to be able to have those conversations now and and feel like okay, um, to to be able to to yeah get in the room with 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 the big platforms and agencies right. and yeah. Uh, one more thing to add to that is that I think you know looking at a passion or a passion project of some description is that it doesn't really matter. Um, essentially what kind of comes out of it we will continue to produce and 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 Mm. get stories out there so it's just a question of varying degrees of of how we manage that financially Um, you know we have up until this point kind of bankrolled quite a lot of it ourselves Um, and it it does come to a point where technically you need more money and more equipment and a bigger crew in order to to produce you know bigger and better stories so hopefully um you know off the back of of the last documentary success um we'll have more opportunity to tackle some of the bigger ideas that we, that we also have um, yeah i think have, i think having a bigger crew and a bigger budget and everything else would be 
probably a very welcomed um, <laughs> addition but, for you guys. But also kind of varying stories. Um, it's not that we're particularly focused on um, any particular issue within sort of the documentary filmmaking. Um, keep it keep it with the polarized topics though. Yeah. It's, it's always, <laughs> well, we have there's we one have there's few, one yeah. we have a couple. I mean, there's one. I'm just I think it's a really cool idea. Um, it will be. I mean, like I said, be more than happy to if it comes to fruition. Be more than happy to come and talk about it afterwards. But yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, obviously, yeah. if it applies to to my field too, you know, <laughs> if you want to come on anyway, absolutely. Well, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, Sorry, go. On. No, go ahead. There, there's a documentary. One thing that we can talk about is a documentary called Ten Count about uh, mental health in sports athletes, elite mm. sports athletes. Um, so that's about 80 or 90% uh, through. Um, I mean, what I always tell people is it has the rock in it, Dwayne Johnson. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, which kind of tends to pique people's interest. But it, which, and he is very interesting in it, but there's lots of other, there's lots of other great, kind of powerful, interesting stories, apart from the fact that it's got the rock in it. Right, um, right. So that's kind of, that's currently the current focus. Um, well, to pull anybody in like that, obviously you want to you throw that out there. To, it, it also yeah. kind of would legitimize you know for some people they need that main name yeah, to yeah, legitimize yeah. who you are you know which well, is what it is but <laughs> i think also it, it tackles one of the very big issues um faced by society at the moment which is kind of suicide and that mm. mental part mental journey that leads you to to feeling that you have no other option um, yeah yeah after the multiple concussions I'm, I'm sure you i'm sure you guys already know <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's 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 amazing well um yeah, I mean, I, I would, uh, I'd love to stay in contact with you guys. So if you ever need to, you know, jump on here again, or if you ever need anything, let me know. Um, otherwise, I'll be keeping an eye on you guys and, and seeing where your career takes off from here. Super. Congratulations on the success of this one. Thank you. Thank you very much for having us. It was nice. It was very nice to talk to you. Absolutely. Hopefully, hopefully I threw some stuff at you that you haven't heard before. <laughs> it's very good. It's good. Right. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'll, I'll Bye. see you later. Bye. 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 Bye.